0: So last week we were talking about, um, man, that is a weak marker. That says ask. So I, I might need another one, uh, Matt, if you're, oh, there is one, never mind. So last week we were talking about ask and how, like, the Bible gives a lot, a lot of um, information about asking him, and it even said that sometimes, like, we don't have because we don't ask. So wouldn't that be a shame if you found out that you didn't have something because you weren't asking for it, Right? And I, I want to just tell you this this brief story about the seek part of uh, pursuing pursuing the Lord. When I was um, younger, you might say, "How could you be any younger?" I used to be younger than this, and it was probably about 2009. And my my wife and I we we really 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 struggled with having children, and and it was. You know, felt like a few years. We had to go to a doctor. They had to tell us what's going on here, and um, so my wife got pregnant, and um, like about twenty weeks into the pregnancy, we lost the child, and you know, I, it was it was so challenging, and it was a lot more challenging for my wife than it was for me. She was the one carrying the baby, right, and I remember. You know how your like, mind runs these worst-case scenarios in, r- in your head? I was running a lot of worst-case scenarios in my head. And I ended up going to a—and uh, I've told you this story before— I ended up going to a global conference, and when I was at the global conference— now, I, didn't, I wasn't there to go to the global conference. I was there to meet Brian Conley and go to Red Robin, right? <laughs> uh, so I, I, wasn't, I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that God was still talking today. I, I didn't know about the nine gifts of the Spirit— but when I get there, this person had a word of knowledge for a pastor that just uh, had a miscarriage, right? And I was the only one that fit that description. And there was only like 50 people in the room. So I go in there and this person comes up to me and he said, well, I've never gotten a word of knowledge before, but this is what I feel like the Lord is saying. He, I feel like the Lord is saying that um, you lost a girl and one day the Lord will give you another one. That's what he said. And I was like, wow, okay. Well, I went home and I told my wife this and my wife was so moved because... Like, this is how infantile our relationship with the Lord was. We were excited that he saw our situation. You know what I mean? Like, we were walking in such a low revelation of who God was. We didn't even know if he knew what was going on. Oh my gosh, I'm going to start crying about it. And so, the fact that he saw us and recognized the situation did something in my wife, and she began to seek... The Lord. So you might say, well, what, what did that look like? She took the baby's room. Her name was going to be Avery. She, she would have been uh, probably 13 years old now. Um, she took the baby's room and kind of turned it into a prayer room. And she began to seek the Lord. And she came across this verse in Psalm 113 that said, He makes the motherless woman a happy mother. And so she seeked God. And in the midst of her seeking, she found a promise from the Lord. And that's a promise from the Lord. And she clung to that promise. And do you know how much was coming against my wife? Like, can you believe God did this? Can you believe this? Can you believe that? You're never going to have kids, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden she sought him and found the promise and said, no, I will have children. And the Lord promised me that that he's going to make me a happy mother. And then along came Brecken, He's he's back there on the camera now. But, and then came Willow and then came uh, Canaan. And uh, wow, right? So that promise came to pass, but I, 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 I want to emphasize that with the asking, there comes a seeking. And if you might say, well, what's, what, what do you mean by seeking? There is over 7,000 promises in scripture. You might want to look to see if what you're asking for is in there. You with me? And you might want to see if he's done it for anybody else. Because what that ends up doing is building faith. So, the first week we talked about ask. I'm just going to read the verse to you again. It says ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. There was, there was a time in my life where, um, and I, I told you last week that the enemy sort of of asking is, is a false sense of contentment. It's You're asking the Lord to do something in your life isn't about him doing something in your life. It's about him getting glory after he's done what he's done in your life. That's the whole point, is that there's people that need to know the Lord. People need to see the goodness of God in your life. So when I'm talking about asking, it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. The world is not good to go. The world needs to see God's glory in your life. They need to see you receiving what it is that you've asked for. Amen? Amen? There, there were times in my life where I would uh, seek after the Lord. I got called into ministry at a very young age, and I was uh, 16 years old. And uh, I'll never forget, I, I was seeking the Lord because I was so nervous because, you know, if you, if you knew who I was, and you knew what I was involved in, and you were to, like, watch a documentary on what I did on the weekends, you'd be like, what's this guy thinking, Right? And, and so I didn't feel like I was in a good place. I didn't feel like I was a good person. I didn't feel like worthy of anything. And, and I was scared to death of the Lord because he told me to do something and I was struggling with obedience around it. And I don't know if you guys, if you, if you guys have ever come across someone who's been called to be a pastor but refused, refused that. They're not doing good. Right? They're they're just they're just not okay, and so like I was I was very 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 nervous, and I remember I, I I was sort of saying God like if this is really you if you're really really telling me to do this you you gotta you gotta speak up again, you gotta tell me again, right? And it's got to be in a really cool way, and it's got to be like no doubt it's you, and uh, um, it, it's it was it's strange like there were times in my life where I would hear God, if I had to locate his voice, I'd say it's, it was from my stomach. And I, I remember one day I was really, really struggling and wrestling with this call and, and, I, and, I, and I heard him say, you're going to be a pastor. And I was like, and I, that, it didn't bring me comfort. It always scared me to death. And I remember I got in my car and I took off and I started praying and I was like, God, you know, like that, that's got to be me. That, that, that's not you. It's me. It's me that's talking to myself. And I don't know why I'm saying that, blah, 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 blah. And I remember I drove past a uh, church sign and it said, God is speaking. Why aren't you listening? And I was like, ah. <laughs> did they just put that up? <laughs> like, who did that? And and I'll never forget another time when I was really questioning my call and I was really seeking the Lord. And I was like, Lord, I know for a fact, I can't speak in public. I'm not a good person. And I don't really care about people. <laughs> like I, I, I'm not, Like this can't, this can't be right. And, um, this, 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 this letter came in the mail and it was from Mrs. Geis. Mrs. Geis was my, uh, one of my Sunday school teachers growing up, uh, in the Methodist church that I grew up in. And you know, just one of those people that really laid down their life, just got that thing settled early on in their life, that they were going to lay down their life for Jesus. And, and, uh, and I had helped her with something that summer, with a summer camp. And uh, in it, it, at the very end of it, she said, thank you for all that you did. You know, we, these children were so blessed because of your help. Acts 1 verse 8. That's a really weird way for a Methodist to sign off on a, uh, on a letter. Right? Maybe a Pentecostal or Charismatic would sign off Acts 1-8. Acts I've never done it. But I, I, and, I, and I was like, what's Acts 1-8? And so I looked it up in my Bible and it said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I remember in that moment, I was like, okay, God, if, if this is what I think it means, that it's not going to be me that's pastoring, but somehow you're going to pastor through me, okay, I'll submit. And that was like number like sixth in my trying to wiggle out of the ministry, right? And, and, and so there, there's, a, there's a, and it's not just because I'm in ministry. This, this, this is for everybody. It's like, man, if you really, really want to seek direction, like you've got you've to seek what the word says so that you understand if there's any conditions on what it is that you're asking for. And, and we say this all the time, but like if, if you want God to draw near to you, there's a condition in the Bible that you have to What? You have to draw near to Him, and He'll draw near to you. And I don't know if you guys know the difference in your life when you've drawn near to Him and He's upon you, or when there's actually a distance there. And you might say this: "Well, you know, He's just He's just on me all the time." And I want everybody in this room to understand something about that kind of sloppy theology. You, you you've not you've not read this enough. And I'm not talking about how how like well yes like the the Lord resides in you. There there's there's a different sort of abiding that this Bible is talking about, a different kind of like presence in which theres it's just not him drawing near to you. Sometimes he actually opposes you if you have pride in your life. And and as you stack up years of seeking him and reading this word, 7,000 promises are in here, 7,000. How many of you would like to be um, trusted with more? Anybody like to be trusted with more? Do you know what you have to do conditionally? Be be faithful with what you have. God will never add on to somebody who's not faithful with what they do have. And and so like for for me and and seeking the Lord and like asking, I never want to ask without making sure that that I'm asking for something that's in his will, but also I want to know what my responsibility is around it. And it's in this book. So I'm asking the Lord, but I'm also seeking what that word says. Because if you want to really know who God is, this is the best way to find out. It's always going to be. I'm all about experiences. I'm all about hearing him. But what he's saying will never contradict what this word says. And if what I'm hearing does, it ain't him. So it's so important to know this book and know what this word says. So last week we had mentioned this. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you request on your pleasures. Do you know what's a good way to to fight against um, wrong motives? We had talked about coming up with a glory plan. How is God going to get glory from what it is that he did in your life? And you premeditate how you're going to share what God did and who you're going to share it with. And that's important. And And do you know what's even cooler? is when you tell somebody what you're praying for before it happens especially a non-Christian if you got a buddy who's a non-Christian you could go up to him and say hey I want you to know that I'm praying for this to happen in my life and in your life and I know what the conditions are to have it met and it's just a matter of time before God does it I just want you to know ahead of time so that when it happens you might, give, you might understand who the Lord is and they're like okay weirdo Right? And then next week you come to him and you're like, hey, remember that thing? It just happened. How do you like that? Right? I don't think the, the, the Lord minds showing off in front of you or, or your friends on what it is that he wants to do. But then sometimes I, I feel like we keep things so private. Like there are things that you're supposed to keep private, but not his glory. What he's doing and the goodness that's happening in your life. David not, did not keep quiet about the good things that God was doing. And you might say, well, like, well, it's humble not to share. No, it's not. It's prideful. You didn't do it, the Lord did it. You're not showing off, you're showing off the Lord. So when we when we continue here, I want you to, to look at this, this um, in 2 Corinthians. 1 19 and verse 20 it says for the son of god christ jesus who was preached among you by us by me and Silvanus and timothy was not yes and no but has been yes in him for as many listen to this for as many as the promises of god are in him they are yes therefore through him also is our amen to the glory of god through us so i am finding a promise of god right? I'm asking God for something that I'm finding that promise. I'm finding all the examples of it in scripture. Why? Because I'm trying to get my life to align with the amen, right? So last week I even talked about, you need to become what it is that you're asking God for, for other people, right? And we looked at John 15 and what it looks like to actually abide in him. To abide in him is to love other people. And, and when you do that, then you'll bear fruit. And we looked at what the fruit was and the bearing of the fruit in John 15 is actually answered prayer, So we want to have our prayers answered so that people would actually know who he is. And in the midst of having our prayers answered, we're actually developing into the very one we pray to. Isn't that a good developmental plan? I want you guys to listen to Hebrews 11.6, and this is so important. It says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he, pre- that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. I, I want you guys to understand something. If I was going to look up the de- definition of the word faith in the Bible, I would turn to 11, uh, Hebrews eleven. Verse six, and I would say this is the definition of, of faith, right? And If I had to say practically what it is, Hebrews 11.1 one talks, uh, talks about what it is that, that other way. But as far as practically what it is, it's a person that believes that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him, which means this, faith causes someone to seek him because they actually believe that God is worth their time and He's going to reward you for your time spent seeking Him. Did you know that in in Matthew 6, it actually says this about prayer, that when you go and you pray to the Lord in private, do you know what He's going to do? He's going to reward you. Isn't that interesting? Did you know that if you fast in private, do you know what the Lord's going to do? It's the same as the first one. He's going to reward you. Did you know that that if you give... What he's going to do, he says that, like give financially, he says that he's going to what? Reward you. Why is he such a rewarder? Why is that the deal? I was talking to my son this morning. I said, hey, buddy, just want to make sure we're on the same page. What happens after you die? And um, he goes, because I'm convinced that parents don't have this conversation with their kids. It's probably a pretty important conversation to have. I think what we do is we say, do you want to accept Jesus as Savior? And then we kind of let it go after that. This is the conversation I had with him. What happens after you die? He said, well, you either go to heaven or hell. I said, well, what happens before that? And he says, judgment day. And I said, like, come on. <laughs> Amen. And I said, what happens there? And he said, well, uh, God will reward you. I said, that's right. That whole day is set up around rewards. is that interesting? And you might, you might be so like above that or, or say, well, I don't need any rewards. Well, tough. Like he's a rewarder. Your dad is a rewarder. That probably means that we should be rewarders too and actually acknowledge people and the job they're doing around us and actually lift them up and encourage them and give them gifts when they do a good job. Amen? Amen. So one of the best descriptions of Judgment Day is, I believe it's either in 2 Corinthians 3 or it's, it's 1 Corinthians 3, I forget, or 5. Paul said it. We'll cover it that way. He talks about how your life, your your life that's lived, fire is going to be applied, and one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to be haywood and stubble, and it's going to go up in flames, and there's not going to be anything left but ash, or there's going to be gold, silver, and precious jewels. And well, what, what is he saying here? There's you have the opportunity in this life to produce something that is going to be rewarded on that side. Isn't that amazing? Is anybody interested? Well, let's make sure that we're not asking for haywood and stubble. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that we're asking for, for whatever that that gold, the silver, and the precious jewels. Let's make sure that whatever we're seeking, that it would develop in us something of worth on the other side. I, I prayed once, and this is uh, Adam Bauer's interpretation. So I, I asked him, I said, can you tell me, Lord? I said, can you tell me what the gold, silver, and precious jewels are? I didn't hear what the gold and silver was. I felt like he told me what the precious jewels were. The precious, precious jewels... What I felt like I heard, and I feel like it's biblical, but again, this isn't just this is biblical, but it's what I heard. I felt like he told me the precious jewels were the scriptures that you were able to live out in your life, that one day you'll be rewarded for them. Like if you actually... Um, like if, if you were one of those people that actually gave to those who were in need and you had a lifestyle of it, I believe that there's going to be something that you're given, right? That's going to actually last on the other side. If you were somebody that um, didn't get caught up in the worries of this life, I believe that you're going to be given something. So I, like all those verses, if you, if, you were, if you were the kind of person that considered others better than yourself, I believe that you're going to be given something that, that represents that verse that is precious on the other side. And th- we spend a lot of time on the hay, wooden stubble. And I just, a lot of that stuff, it doesn't matter. Now listen to me. You could be asking for something, right? That's maybe not the most important thing, but in your pursuit of it, you actually be, what you're doing actually becomes more important than what you're asking for. Like I, like I briefly mentioned this, when that, it's burned into my mind. When that, that woman, when that, and I'm smiling because I can't believe I had the conversation with her. When that woman who was on disability, who didn't have enough money to make ends meet, decided to make end like decided to tithe on the money that she didn't have and she watched God just begin to produce for her. I'll, ne- I'll never forget it because I didn't know how he was going to do it. I had no idea how he was going to do that. Because what is he going to do? Just change, change disability checks? Listen to this in Second Chronicles. If I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the, the land, or if I send a plague among my people, and my people, listen to this, who are called by my name, Humble themselves. Why would they have to humble themselves? Because they're not in humility. The, the the first part of this is describing an opposition from the Lord. Lord doesn't oppose people at random, he opposes the proud. So his people are proud. And so he comes along and says, If you humble yourself, why? Because they're proud. and pray and seek my face and turn from, from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place why? because somebody is stepping into humility and stepping out of pride and God always responds next, next week do you guys know what we're going to be talking about next week You guys are prophetic, (laughs) and I love it. We're going to be talking a little bit about what does it look like when what you're praying for isn't happening. Oh, it's up there. I want to to say something a, a little hard. Um. And when I was younger, I, I talk about reaping and sowing, but when I was younger, I didn't really believe in reaping and sowing. I understood the concept, and I thought I believed it. Um, I, I, I want to say this, that there was a time in my Christian walk where I used to think I was getting ripped off. And I was like a bit of a victim. But the longer you walk, did you guys know that there was only ever one victim? His name was Jesus Christ, and he kept his mouth shut. There's, there's no victim except for Jesus. And everything that goes wrong in this life is an opportunity for God to get glory out of it. You'll never, in heaven, nothing's going to go wrong. So you're never going to get this opportunity again to actually give him glory in the midst of troubled times. But, but I say that to you because I, I really desire that there be an ongoing seeking in your life. I, I really desire that there would be this time that you set aside in the morning that if I was to say to you, have you been seeking the Lord? You 100% without your conscience speaking up against you could say, yes, I seek the Lord. I want that for every person. I want that for every person's life that's in here. Because if you're not doing that, then you're, you're not, you're, you're, you're not knowing him more. And if you're not knowing him more, you're in pride. And if you're in pride, God is going to oppose you. And in the midst of God's opposition, Satan's going to come along and tell you if God is good, then why? Then why is this happening? And I'm not saying that if you seek the Lord, nothing will ever happen to you. What I'm saying is when you're seeking the Lord, it's never a big deal. Because in this life, persecution is going to happen. Tribulation is going to happen. But if you're not taking the time to actually seek him, you could become a victim. And what the enemy is saying could actually make more sense to you than what the word says. And all of a sudden, you could be following a stranger's voice. And that's not what you're called to do. So I, I, as, as, a, as, as your pastor, I believe the Bible says in, in one part of it, uh, the steward of your soul, I would like to tell you that if you're not seeking the Lord, what you're saying is, I can do this life on my own. And the only thing that you're going to produce in this life is haywood and stubble, and it'll all go up in smoke. But you desperately need to seek the Lord for yourself. If you're in this room, and it's like, well, that's kind of like my partner's, uh, my spouse's, my, my spouse's is more enthusiastic about the Lord than I am. Well, that's, that's your choice. It's not that that's her, her role or his role. It's like, that's your choice. You need to get after it. You need to pursue the Lord. The one thing that, that still grips me, it's like, I never want to stand before the Lord and have him show me what he had prepared. I never want to show him the, 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 the abundance, the goodness, the, the, the relationships, the, 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 the things, the ministry, the, the things that he had for me that he prepared beforehand that I never did because I didn't seek him with all my heart and because I didn't seek him and because I didn't draw near to him. He didn't draw near to me. And instead of drawing near to me, I actually said to him, hey, I can live, I can do just fine on my own. And in the midst of me just doing fine on my own, he was far away and his opposition came. Because when his opposition comes, it is the perfect time for the enemy to speak. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you in this room that if there's something wrong going on in your life, that, that the Lord is the author of it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is when he's upon you, it doesn't matter what goes wrong in your life. Because you have the fruits of the Spirit. Nothing's a big deal. The only thing that's a big deal is him. So if you're you're in this room and you're like, man, I I want you to ask what you need to ask, then I want you to seek what you need to seek based on what you're asking. And I want you to know that it's the will of the Lord. Because man, when you find the verse, sometimes you come across the verse that you needed to hear and you cling to that, and when the enemy comes, you're able to say that verse out loud and stand firm against the enemy because you know what the promise of God is in your life. That's powerful. And so I want to encourage everybody that's in this room, if you, if you haven't set aside a time, you might say, well, how long? As long as you can bear. For some of you, that, that might only be five minutes. Then let it be five minutes. For some of you, you can bear it longer. But it is like a muscle. It does grow, and you've got to actually work it. Amen? And then you might say, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, you, you there's a thing called YouTube. And you, you start listening. You get on there and listen to some messages about how to do that. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's funny, like, whenever I'm uh, talking with somebody, I, I look rude because I'm on my phone, but I'm actually looking up the Bible verse on Google. Google has destroyed my Bible memorization, which is not good. And it's okay if you didn't, okay? But how many of you guys were able to write down five things you were asking for? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. I was talking to somebody. They said they wrote down five for themselves, five for their family, and five for their career. Could you imagine having that? Here's what I'm asking for. Here is how I'm becoming what I'm asking for. Here are the scriptures that say that he wants to do it. And here's my glory plan on what I'm going to do when these things come to pass. Wouldn't that be cool? Is that worth your time? Isn't it? Your life? The direction of your life? big things happening in your life do you think that's worth your time we'll find out right to be honest with you i'm I, 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 I struggle with i still struggle with asking i am i i i don't want to fall for this uh, while well, i'm content thing no like man i want to make sure that he's getting as much glory as possible so i've i've been i've been asking god god i i need help with asking i need you to i need i need you to tell me and help me to see what's going to give you the most glory and how I can start asking. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand? Jess and AJ are out in the lobby if you guys want to talk to them about their ministry. Isn't that such a cool idea? I I love it, and I love how they're moving forward with things. So Father, we, we praise you and thank you this morning. And I just, want to, I just want to pray right now uh, with everybody's eyes shut. I just pray for anybody in the room that's in a circumstance uh, and, and it's a hard circumstance and the enemy's been talking to you and been accusing, he's been accusing God and, and he's been accusing the brethren and uh, the body of Christ and he's been maybe even accusing you. And I, I just pray that that would, that would end right now in the seeking. And I pray, Lord, that that those in the room that may not be seeking you, that they would start to seek you, that they might start to know you. I pray for Holy Spirit directions to help us find the verses that we need to hear based on what it is that we're asking for. And Lord, I, I pray that would happen for us in Jesus' name and that I can't wait to hear more and more glory about what you're doing in the lives of the people in this room. And we just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. We thank you for watching with us. At Praise, our mission is to inspire, challenge, and transform people for generations to come. And we hope today's message can do just that. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about Praise, email us at info at praiseyork.com. If you'd like to support Praise financially, you can visit praiseyork.com give. To stay up to date with sermons, events, and changes at Praise, make sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel.